I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, hey guys. That's Welcome me. back to Style Over Substance. <laughs> I was like, Scarlett, who are you talking to? <laughs> oh, I started, the pause was, I was like, do I always say well as my yeah. first thing? And I you think do. I do. As that's where I got lost. But hi, guys. <laughs> hey, Scarlett, how are you? Um. I'm I'm pretty tired, I'm not gonna lie. Mm. So I do apologize if I'm a little bit clumsy with my words. Um but yeah, no, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. The weather's been beautiful, which is really up to my spirits. And a lot of my tiredness is my own fault. I was dog sitting this weekend and I let the dog sleep in my bed because he was not he was not sleeping outside mm. in the living room. And I thought, yeah, it'll just curl at the bottom and it'll be fine. No. <laughs> and then on Sunday, so we were, we're recording this on a Monday. And mm. I just, I'm hungover from that. I'll be honest. Oh, okay. I've got the dregs of that. Like, yeah. it's not too bad, but like, I could feel fresher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. How are I te- you? <laughs> I was actually telling Mr. Big like not that long ago. I was like, I feel like I'm for sure slipping into functioning alcoholic mode. Do you know what I mean? Love you know, it. You know, when it's like, I can have a drink every night, but I need that drink. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I catch myself being like, when was the last time you had a day not drinking? Doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, that would be me, me today, but mainly because yeah. I've had children in my care. So. Yeah, yeah, it's necessary. <laughs> that's it. It's necessary to get by, isn't it? But I still turn up to work, so that's where the fun Exactly, comes. exactly. <laughs> when that um, stops happening, you oh, know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, how are you? I, I'm all right, actually. You're right in saying that this weather has really perked up my spirits. Because I, I always say, like, I'm an absolute sun worshipper. I love seeing yeah. the sun. I love absorbing the rays, all the good Mm. UV rays. (laughs) And so I've been doing a bit of that. I also, I am back on the cross stitch because I need to finish it. Yeah. Do you know how I think the last time I felt so compelled to finish something was my uni degree. I'm not even lying. (laughs) I look at it and I'm stitching this thing and it pains me. Oh and I'm gosh. like, this is taking me so long. It's so painful. I can't wait till it ends. I'm never doing this ever again in my life, but I need to finish it. Ugh. I think the hardest thing, so a lot of projects I do that's a bit more like that, 
is either like if I'm crocheting something, it's normally like a toy or a gift for somebody. Like there's an end product, mm-hmm. but you're mm-hmm. sort of almost like it's like a pe- you're painting a picture, mm. but in like quite a tedious way. Oh, you know, so tedious. Yeah. yeah, it is supposed to be like relaxing like part of like decoration in the flat. Um, so that's my end goal. But oh, I didn't. I, fabulous. I didn't think it would take this long. it's been a year yeah listeners if you've been with us from the start which like (laughs) that's for you um yeah yeah, I think we're on like what are we on like episode 48 49 yeah 49 I think it is Um, yeah and so that means we've nearly done 52 weeks of this which Mm -hmm. is madness and I think we referenced cross stitch right at the start yeah yeah this honestly the podcast started just as much about cross stitching and knitting as it did about fashion (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love it so is is your cross stitch your fashion story this week no it's not my fashion story is that um actually right at the beginning we kind of talked a lot about um Uh, Bangladeshi garment workers and workers rights and the Rana Plaza incident that happened years ago um, and just kind of working conditions that you can find within the supply chain of fashion and my fashion story is the fact that the Bangladesh accord that came out from all of this that happened for those who don't know the Rana Plaza with this massive garment factory in Bangladesh and for years and years the workers who were working in this building were complaining of structural safety mm-hmm. hazards quite frankly and just appallingly the building one day flattened on everyone who was working in this building it's so tragic um and after years of people kind of anticipating that something tragic like this would happen it finally did and so from that there was a lot of like international spotlight on the conditions that these people are working in their pay their workers rights their choice in the matter and things and the Bangladesh Accord kind of came out of it as a a way you know how these things go it's like a loose commitment really to improving working conditions from like you know these big fashion brands and companies all the way mm-hmm. down to those who supply the material the labor all of that and yeah so it was supposed to say like we're committed to improving the safety for these people and this accord is due to expire this week actually and so there's been a lot of protests from primarily because how the industry is set up it's a lot of women who work in these positions so there's been a lot of marches and demonstrations to kind of make sure that we're not going backwards and that these things are upheld and actually strengthened because we talked about in the past how how easy it is to skirt around things like this mm. yeah. and make wishy-washy promises mm-hmm. yeah so that's my fashion story it's just like at a time where everything is so up in the air everything in the world quite frankly mm. it would just be appalling to see like these women have to go back to how things were how things kind of are yeah it's it's just unacceptable really like we we should have learned that lesson by now like enough has happened and you know we talked about this and there's been documentaries and all of that for a while on these such things mm-hmm. and it's just not good enough yeah. and I think it's that harsh thing of like 
we all are subconscious, not even subconscious, we're all unwillingly mm. buying into that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's not f- like uh, the, the right position for these like retailers to put us in either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are all like willing participants in it. Mm. But at the same time, as a customer, you either know very little about supply chains in fashion or you know about it and you really don't have many other options because they're all part of the same beast. Mm. You, know, you can shop independently, um, people who make things by hand via, you know, um, someone who lives locally to you or Etsy or whatever, but you really have to be committed to that full time to really avoid any kind of like blood on your hands in a sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Started the episode with a downer, but really important though. It's really important, really important. Um, don't worry, I'm gonna p- change change the narrative, oh, change good. the direction. <laughs> um, I'm talking about vegetables. Um, have you seen? Well, you have. I sent the pictures to you. The Hermes bags yep. made of vegetables. Yeah. So, guys, we'll post it on our Instagram. But if if you haven't seen it, basically, this artist called Ben Desna. Um, he, I don't believe it was commissioned but potentially could be and he's created the Birkin out of vegetables so cucumber is one of them which is quite convincing we have cabbage a little less so a little a little rough around the edges and potentially using some spring onions there as handles and details and then I think my personal favorite is the asparagus yeah that's convincing um I sort of thought I couldn't believe I didn't really read the the proper um description when I first saw it and I was like are they having a laugh like I genuinely thought like Hermes was bringing out this bag that looked like it was made of asparagus and I was just like what are we coming to and I'm not too sure Mm -hmm. so currently with Hermes that is sort of those are the last three pictures on their grid so mm-hmm. I don't know if they're the prequel mm-hmm. to an announcement about sustainability if it's their big vegan leather like announcement of mm-hmm. what that's going to look like or how that's going to be um but yeah it, they're really cool I think it's it's really cool that an artist has made you know art out of bags because so it art you can buy I don't think so He's, hmm. Yeah, I don't think just so. work for their grid, like an artist putting. I think it's work for their grid. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be. Um, and when I first saw it, the artist hasn't hadn't even posted about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's it's for anything like that, as far as I'm aware. But yeah, I wouldn't mind betting that like it's it's for something. Mm. You know, these things are never normally yes. just because a hundred percent. But they're really cool. I think it's a great, very innovative idea um and I'm down for that I'm down for that Mm. but it was funny actually the other day I was talking to a family friend at a barbecue about the price of Hermes because apparently um a book that um they were reading featured it was the Red Sparrow and it features sort of like a hot list apparently of like the things you're meant to own like so it'll be like you should have like a Bellotti tie and this Hermes mm. perfume and it's like okay. this kind of like 
it has these little like tidbits in the book and recipes and blah 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 in it and and so I was explaining like oh I'm assuming that perfume will be very expensive because Hermes is really expensive and contextualizing that like handbags are expensive but then there's Hermes handbags and explaining like the juggernaut that is Mm. Hermes to them so yeah I think it's a really cool a really cool idea I don't know how they sort of like constructed it I'm assuming a lot of like uh, cocktail sticks Um, probably. But I do know that um, news has been swirling around about Emma's investing in a mushroom leather, as you kind of alluded to. Um, And they are going to be making, it's like a carry-all, a men's kind of travel carry-all bowling bag type looking thing. Mm. I've seen just one image circulate of it and it is due to be made from this same mushroom leather. Now, whether this is like a very limited run of this thing whether it's a collector's piece whether it's just you know for for the lols um or whether they'll start expanding their range into vegan leather who knows Mm. but yeah i definitely think they're being dramatic and they're gonna announce something yeah i hope so so if they have obviously announced it by the time this goes out we'll um update we'll update you guys Mm. but yeah we interrupt this broadcast to remind you go follow us on instagram starlover substance pod shoot us an email starlover substance peak at gmail.com find us on youtube find us on twitter we've got all the links on our instagram you know what to do then we're, t- we're taking another turn aren't we so this this week we're discussing one of our favorite we haven't mentioned them for a little while no they should pay us at this rate yeah but <laughs> so the sponsor of our of our series <laughs> boohoo.com and other like-minded brands this was again another proposed topic by one of you guys so again thank you so much we really appreciate when you send us messages mm. um but yeah we're going to talk about sort of the culture of the boohoo's pretty little things misguided insert brand name she in, i think yeah she, maybe um and ba- basically, yeah, we're going to talk about their the way they copy other designers and just just the general shit they do, really. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like a part two to our episode about counterfeits and dupes. Yeah, it's not the same thing um, as counterfeiting, but it's like another important discussion, I think, because these fast fashion brands we're talking, as you said, like Zara, Shein, the all these other random very mm. cheap brands like i saw it first i bet they will do it um it's like seeing something that's popular by a designer and then completely ripping it off and just like making a very cheapened or cheaper version of that but also like the discussion between um stealing smaller artists and smaller independent brands um 
lines, designs, uh, collections, and kind of profiting off that. Um, it's an equally important aspect of of the fashion industry, really, and it happens all the time. But um, so yeah, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think it is morally better for a brand like or a company like Boohoo, Pretty Little Thing, Shein, whatever, to rip off a large company such as Mugler or, you know, Jean-Paul Gaultier, or a, a, a big iconic brand than it is to essentially rip off a small and independent designer? Or is it all the same? It's really difficult because obviously ethically it's wrong all the same. But I think there's more of a measured potential impact on ripping off a smaller brand. That sounded like an essay. (laughs) I did do critical thinking, guys. Um, I think we all had to, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I think that the, the consequences it has for a smaller brand where their name might not be out there so much mm-hmm. and the, then you don't realize they're being ripped off so like it's going to be way more apparent if like Saint Laurent, Thierry Mugler um, all of that stuff is being ripped off mm-hmm. but if it's someone who's a bit more of an independent name that you're not such an avid fashion follower of, mm-hmm. you might think it's as an original Zara design or Boo yeah. design. Um, and I think the diff the difficulty is, let's be honest, none of us are going to be buying the stuff they're probably ripping off. However, I have seen the likes of I don't know how you say it, Shein, Shine, whatever. Like I have no idea. That- that website mm-hmm. she in shin um <laughs> um ripping off independent people with their prices aren't super different and then that's where it's really bad so like um an influencer i follow called megan ellaby who's an absolute babe has her own fashion brand called saturday by megan ellaby which is mainly knitwear tops um and t-shirts and they're all printed and funky and whatever Mm. and they've literally like point blank copied these designs Mm -hmm. for maybe like megan ellaby's would be like 30 40 quid Mm -hmm. and they're doing it like 12 15 Mm. and like that's the same price bracket really you know like if you can afford i don't know I just think like it's not saying it, you're not ripping off something that's five hundred pounds. It's like you're ta- It's the same. You're customer stealing base. customers essentially, and yeah. um, and then I think that's that's pitiful. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Do you think there's a there is a worse option? Well, I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> my, just my train of thought is that counterfeits. When it's like you rip off their logo, you pretend to be something you're yeah. not. That's that's bad. That's there's no reason for that. Um, I think it is better to rip off a larger company because a they have the money to fight you on it. They mm. have the money to even like as you said, they are they are so much more popular and in the public domain and vis- visible by so many customers. People are going to pick up that they already style. have a lawyer. 
yeah and <laughs> we all know we, we we can see something that is made by boohoo and be like oh that's a ysl you know that's the direct yeah. copy because we're so familiar with their designs i think to steal customers or to just flat out rip off designs by a smaller brand which is trying that we've we've mentioned so many times in the past how difficult it is to get your brand off the ground when it comes to fashion and how much capital it requires and how much time and love and everything that it goes into making a small brand flourish when you have these multi-billion pound companies because that's what they are they're massive Mm. just stealing designs for no other reason than just laziness because they have loads of designers let's be honest it is pitiful. And I think that in many cases, we're going to kind of delve into examples and stuff like that. But in many cases, it not only like demonstrates, but it like reinforces this like economic disparity in fashion. So we have, for example, a brand which is, okay, I'll go into the example now during like the like first wave the first covid wave and we all started getting used sorry, to what's like, covid oh yeah oh sorry it's this thing that happened like last year no biggie um so <laughs> when we all started getting used to wearing masks mm. there was this um i believe it was this latinx brand i don't know if they were based in like mexico but it was a female founder it was a mexican brand and they started making these kind of linen face masks with these gold chains Kind of Amazing. like you have with like glasses, chains, whatever, yeah. like decorative but phone chains, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> there's this influencer who's notorious. She's been outed by like Diet Prada for so long and so many times. Mm. I think her name's like Daniel Bernstein or something. I could be wrong on her name, but she's a massive influencer, massive in the sense that she can collab with the biggest companies in the world and she can demand a really high price for her work in collaboration with these companies. So she has her own merch company, Nine, whatever. Of course she does. She's an influencer. And she basically ordered, she like reached out to this designer, said, I love your stuff, love what you're doing. Bought like, some of her stuff as a customer like an appreciative customer and if you had a small brand you'd be like oh my god danielle she's reached out to us she wants to like maybe wear our brand or buy into the brand at the very least and so she bought stuff and this is not her first rodeo she's done this before so she bought some of these masks and then she made exact copies of this thing and it goes to show that you can be like a minority in a country you're setting up your business you're trying to do well and because of the um just the privilege that she as this like influencer who's white and rich quite frankly she can just make the exact same thing Mm -hmm. it's like an instant hit and she can make millions of dollars from it and so it reinforces that like economic disparity it's like while this like mexican-american woman could be making a killing of something that she's created. They make it handmade, whatever. She's doing her thing and it's it's going really well for her. It's her time to shine. It's like the rugs being pulled from her feet. Do you see what I mean? So in that yeah. sense, it is worse, I think, to steal from just a one-man band or like a very small company. Yeah, because I think the legal, the legal point and the financial point is speaks for itself. 
And then far actually too many times have I heard that story of somebody ordering something. And so, because essentially what you can do is I could, I mean, the problem is you'd have to, you can't return the item sent in sense, but like if I wanted to rip off Mm -hmm. like um, um, a Jean-Paul Gaultier dress, um, I would buy the dress Mm-hmm. And then essentially what I would do is I would take apart all the seams and mm-hmm. then I'm making myself the pattern to create it. And then I can obviously, I've got that pattern then and I can basically make it then in my black fabric or whatever mm-hmm. it is um, and kind of compass it off as my own or something like that. And that's the problem is that it's very easy to copy, you know, just take it apart and see how it's made. Like yeah. that's just like, like that's the craft of clothes and that happens so often with people yeah. like you said who've got the money and they just then like go and take it and like run with it and it's just it's really really terrible the impact that has because yeah what chance has she potentially got um of being even heard you know yeah the um, most you can do is just shout about it on social media yeah, like if you exactly. don't have money for like a solicitor or something. And what you were saying about taking it apart at the seams, I think there's this lingerie brand and I'm not going to say the brand's name only because I'm not 100% sure if it was them and I don't want to like, yeah, <laughs> you know. Drag them. Drag someone who's done nothing wrong. But um, a lingerie brand that I follow and that I've loved for years, like since working in lingerie, and they'd done the same thing. They'd bought lots of pieces. And with lingerie, it's all about construction, more yeah. so than anything. And they'd bought all these pieces from another designer and just came out with the same, ugh, yeah. It's like no shame, no shame. But then like it, it's still it's still somewhat wrong, but we did touch upon this in sort of the counterfeiting slash sort of fakes thing that it's kind of it's part and parcel. The way I would like to see these imitations, let's call them, mm-hmm. is not being blatant ripoffs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, I'll post the photo that um, comes with this. But Kim Kardashian posted a picture of herself in a fitting mm. um, and said, going through my old fitting pictures, and I found this look that Kanye made for me for my Miami trip last year. I went for neon vibes instead. P.S. Fast fashion brands, please can you wait until I wear this in real life before <laughs> you knock it off with a laughing emoji? Yeah. Then misguided well and truly ripped it off like it's the same Mm -hmm. look and basically said the devil works hard but misguided works harder kim kardashian you've got a few days before this one drops online that is so funny so they used it as part of their marketing with no shame yeah and like yeah okay kim's is way nicer Mm. but if you're only paying like misguided like stuff is relatively cheap like yeah. it's, you know it's just this thing of like you could eat oh, just you know what I don't feel sorry for her because her and Kanye are wealthy as shit and they'll bounce back and also, and also I don't it think it was most... I don't even think it was like a Yeezy design I think it might have been custom bespoke or yeah something like that uh-huh. but I just thought that no shame approach mm. is like then you're not even trying to hide it no. I wonder if that was because 
it wasn't attached to a designer. That we've said before, it's quite hard to sue people in fashion, but... Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because if it were, say, Jean-Paul Gaultier that she was wearing... yeah like blatantly they would rip it off but they wouldn't go on this like back and forth online banter you know this kind of like memeable kind of way that they went about it they wouldn't be so blasé in copying um and making it known online had it been attached to a more established brand I don't think they would have done that um but and and apparently it then the it got deleted that picture got deleted I think it was sort of realized I guess with the comments Mm. so it got deleted but obviously now with the internet nothing is deleted because Mm. someone screenshot that um and so yeah it's clearly like it's clearly on hazy ground yeah definitely I mean as I said I don't feel sorry for her or Kanye um I think hope the divorce is going well, lads. <laughs> I think there's another point to be said as to the reasons why I don't feel sorry for them. That design is not revolutionary. No, we've seen a wrap dress with a high slit and some ruching yeah. before. Um, when I find it sad is when someone comes out with something that really is fresh and really is new, and I don't care if you are, you know a really big company or you're a really small designer um it's sad that someone's kind of a team or an individual person's kind of design and vision has gone into this and there are blatant um rip-offs but again it's as we've said before it's like when it's a really big brand and or it's, an, or it's a luxurious brand, let's say, and they're selling it for like £5,000. The same people who's going to buy it from fast fashion are never going to pay the luxury price tag on it. For sure. But there really isn't that level of competition. If anything, it just makes fashion a bit more like attainable. And dare I say it more like democratic in that sense. Yeah. And actually, it's funny. We discussed this the other day, but before there were the likes of like a boo-hoo for our prom at school a lot of girls found this website that basically knocked off like dresses celebrities had worn and and basically I think like a few girls wore like a dress that was worn in like gossip girl or something someone had like Mila Kunis had worn on the red carpet they kind of managed to get these style of dresses as their prom dresses so really what these websites like a boohoo pretty little thing all of that they're just responding to the fact that ultimately that's what we want with celeb culture mm-hmm. we aspire to be these people mm-hmm. like and by the way I'm not saying I aspire to be Kim Kardashian because I absolutely don't but we see these pictures of people and we see this glamorous life they live like I'm still in my vortex of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, I need and to I, catch up on that. Oh. And I find myself sort of wanting to be wearing heels everywhere. It's that thing like mm. we've discussed before with like Sex in the City, that sort of inspirational, that like that aspirational life where I'm like, that doesn't really suit my lifestyle. Mm. But you kind of find yourself wanting to sort of look really glam or whatever mm-hmm. and you respond to it. And so that's like these people are making money off of 
that feeling we all have. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that Emily in Paris outfits were probably like ripped off, you know, like all these like fashion programs and stuff like that will be ripped off on these websites. And like you said, some of them almost base their name and their business off of it. Like, mm-hmm. isn't it like, um, I saw it first or whatever. It's like, that's their main thing, isn't it? Just to yeah. rip people off. Yeah. It's to get like a cheaper, yeah, like Kardashian Jenner vibe or like Towie or yeah, that sort of aesthetic. By the way, I also love the websites that actually will use the pictures of like celebrities wearing like <laughs> you know those like really cheap basic yeah. websites where they're like make but, out like they're wearing it <laughs> but beware of those because it's yeah. like what you order is not what you no. thought was gonna turn up especially when they use someone else's image mm. uh, yeah that's tacky but still um yeah so you're right in that sense but um I think would you say that one way to like combat this is because you can't really trademark most designs, but do you think these bigger brands that um, rip off and thus capitalize off of designs made by smaller brands should be either paying them royalties or licensing fees for using their designs? As in, in the same way, if you wanted to use um, or you wanted to have a collaboration with Fila and you wanted to use Fila's logo on your stuff as like a true collaboration, then you would have to pay the other brand licensing fees in order to use that and to capitalize off their brand's popularity to use it onto yours. Do you think that there's space for that? Because there's um, another another scenario where we see really, really blatant copying. There's this um, artist, he goes by the name of Judith Suspine. Mm-hmm. Supine? Judith Supine, but it's it's a, it's a male artist and his name is Brandon Fagan. And he has these collages of lots of faces. It's like, you know, cutouts of different features all put together to make different types of faces. And it's they're like all in a row they're really cool very kitsch imagery and this one woman who owns this shop um called meg by megan kinney she bought this wallpaper with his designs he's an artist he's not a designer he's an artist bought this wallpaper and then basically claimed oh you know what i was inspired by my wallpaper to create this print she then goes on to like create like uh, midi dresses and like very like bohemian wear using this exact print exact now mm-hmm. i'm sure as an artist he probably hasn't trademarked this because loads of people do collages but when you're using the exact same imagery it's like like a screen print of his work essentially yeah there should be some sort of licensing fee you're right and actually the way you described it made me immediately think of music and you know if a song is featured in a tv show or if you do a cover of somebody's song I'm pretty sure you have to give them some money because of that 
And, you know, we do see the likes of like Ed Sheeran being taken to court because someone's claiming they've stolen, he's stolen their riff for a song and things like that, and that they're comparable. And even recently, the girl Olivia Rodrigo, who's sort of like got the number one album in the States right now, one of her songs is quite similar to a Paramore song and lots of people are comparing that. Mm-hmm. And like whether or not Paramore, the, whoever wrote that song, want to take her to court is different. But lots of people do that in music mm-hmm. and there's much stricter sort of licensing and royalties when it comes to music. And actually that would be such an interesting way of doing something like that in fashion where it would even it would have to either inspire Boohoo to alter that design a little bit more, whether that is just doing a black dress in red or grey or navy, I don't know, rather than like this misguided option where it's literally trying to rip off the shiny gold metallic fabric of Kim's with their own cheap shiny gold metallic fabric. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that'd be quite interesting but yeah, especially that example you said of the artist, I'm. It's really it's so hard with stuff like that to trademark things. But that is also essentially illegal because that would in music, if you'd lifted a part of someone else's musicality mm-hmm. arrangement mm-hmm. and put it in your own song, that's unacceptable. Like that's not right. That's not fair. So yeah. Oh. It's so difficult. And I, because I think there was something a bit like that with um with Dior maybe once with something to do with an artwork and things like that. But normally designers want to do that to celebrate artists and be like, look how cool I am. I'm celebrating this artist. Yeah. Yeah. You want to align yourself with artists but, because. But I think that's what you touched on before is also sort of the difference of finance that the likes of a Dior can sort of almost buy someone's artwork mm-hmm. or pay for the privilege to use it. Mm-hmm. But also they have the platform for it to be an incentive for the artist. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's hard. But yeah, there definitely needs to be, there needs to be a financial reward for these people who have designed it. But then I guess who designed it? Well, that's the thing. The, the I think people would probably say, oh, you should take them to court. But by the time you take some to court, it's too yeah. late. It's and too it's late. already been done for five of your other outfits. Exactly. And it's all well and good to be paid after the fact. Mm. But it's always better to be for someone to give you the courtesy to reach out to you and say, I want to use your work and let me let me let you in on the success of this and so your name is out there your work is out there but we're gonna make the garment or whatever and design Mm -hmm. the garment but we're using because essentially the reason why she wanted to use his print is because she thought it would sell it's not just the idea of um well I made the dress so really I'm the one who made it a success no the artist also made it a success because had it not been for their artistic flair and the way they Mm -hmm. put things together you wouldn't have you wouldn't have been interested in it you wouldn't have wanted it you know so 
I think that you have to give people their flowers while you can. And the fact that she tried to spin as like, oh, I just come by some wallpaper and I was inspired to make these items. I don't think that kind of excuse flies. But I think it's also a good example of how with like collaborations with like, say, Dior or um, there was the collaboration um not collaboration but it was like lv came out with those bags and it was called the masters and it had like van gogh it had it had and that was a collaboration with another designer or artist sorry um the the kind of idea of putting that together they have the money to properly collab yeah but it's not to say that a smaller brands don't rip off smaller artists or smaller brands can't do their part to at least reach out to the artist and say let's I don't have much can't offer you much but let's do something joint together and let's both profit off it there's there's no excuse to not attempt to do it that way yeah and actually you're saying that like the example I gave of the Shein or Shein and the the brand they're doing that for I don't know what their turnover will be but like they make stuff in limited numbers. She's got a big following, yes, but like it's still a relatively small brand. I almost wonder if there should be some sort of ombudsman mm. for these things in fashion that's sort of like, you know, you report if you've got problems with sort of paying your bills or British gas is trying to chase you for money. Yeah. You and that isn't part of your like your meter they're reading the wrong one or whatever like you can take that to an ombudsman and they do that fighting for you and that is free of charge or like if they win it for you or whatever like Mm -hmm. it's that kind of a thing where I wonder if there should almost be this sort of this center for fashion people where like eight then the legal fighting is done on your behalf. And maybe the the answer isn't that you're trying to sue them for everything they're worth, but more that you get credit where credit mm. is due. I think, I think that's what really we've just been discussing is that imitation happens. Imitation is the biggest form of flattery, you know, like all of that kind of a thing. But what's the most important thing is just to credit somebody. Like think of like, writing a dissertation how many times you had to do your references and all of that because you credit people for what they say surely that's got to be done with Mm. this kind of a thing of like where you got your inspiration from or who you credit for um stuff but I also don't know how easy that'd be for like pretty little thing to be like courtesy of (laughs) YSL (laughs) you can always put inspired by yeah you know I think if we can do it for music yeah which is very difficult to prove in a lot of cases but people often will say they've been inspired by stuff you know someone will have done like if someone's done a jazz album they'll reference Mm. jazz artists they listen to or if somebody's trying to like channel some sort of 70s rock they're gonna say that they listen to the Beatles and rolling stones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know that doesn't mean that they've literally copied them it means you're inspired by but you when know, you there's a difference between being inspired by a general sound and taking a chord or a sample yeah. of a song i think that another another issue with ripping off 
other designers, other brands that might be smaller than you is when you take fast fashion that essentially profits off of the exploitation of others, Mm. quite frankly, they would not be as profitable and rich and successful had they had to pay everyone their fair due. It's like when we talk about billionaires and it's like, do you know how many people you got a scam (laughs) to make that kind of money, Mm. to make a hundred grand a minute or something, you know, something like that, that doesn't just come from a great idea. You know, it comes from not paying your workers, not paying create these items getting things for very cheap skirting around the law cooking the books it's a whole it's a whole culture that I think we encourage and that we foster if we allow for this copying or ripoff this like blatant ripoff I'm not talking about the cases where it's very hard to establish whether a company ripped off another one I'm talking about these blatant examples Mm. If we don't do something about it, we're endorsing it, no? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I sort of had a tricky moment earlier this month where I don't know if it is the guy that owns Boohoo.com or Misguided, whoever it is. I don't really care which one it is. But, like, insert the brand here. Um, A Manchester-born, but I think they all are Manchester-born, the UK ones. Um. So a guy that um, I think his name's like Ryan Thomas or someone from who used to be on Coronation Street was just doing this, this like 10 marathons in 10 days from London to Manchester to raise money. So like I saw about it because some people have posted about it and it's a fundraising thing. And then the people who were from Pretty Little Thing, Boohoo, whatever it was, were very much endorsing them and had a banner in Manchester, you know, how all billboards are sort of electronic now, like Times Square, like a banner doing it because they're friends with him and they donated money. Mm. And that just for some reason didn't sit well with me because Mm. like you said, I don't feel like this money is actually gained from the most, the most honest way or the most, ethical way it kind of it didn't sit well with me that this person who's got such extreme wealth from these terrible websites and don't get me wrong I've bought stuff of them in the past whether it's from a costume or like for a night out dress I'm not yeah we're not immune I'm not immune to it yeah so I'm not I'm not holier than thou but it just didn't sit well with me that this very wealthy guy was just able to sort of like just put down this cash Mm. It just, I don't know, it just get, it, it really left a bad taste in my mouth. I have no idea why. But it I doesn't think- like exonerate you from your sins if you're like, oh, okay, you've, I've been dragged to, at court. Okay, I'll just pay you something to shut yeah, you up. Yeah, and I, I actually like, I really, I think one problem I really have with these websites, and we touched on this with the Black Friday sales, is that I just don't understand the pricing. I actually think it's ludicrous for clothes to be under a certain cost. Mm-hmm. I know that people struggle with money in this world, but you do, we're doing them no favours by selling them something that costs £10 that's going to fall apart in two weeks. You know, like it would be way better for there to actually also be some regulations on how much clothing can, should cost. Mm-hmm. because. I just think it's sort of unacceptable that 
But how on earth are you paying somebody? The time that goes into sewing an item and you're paying somebody what to make a nine pound dress. Like that's so like, yeah, that they leave a bad taste in my mouth with everything that goes with it as well. So I think it was maybe if they had more of a, a noble price point or something, yeah, it would help. But it only helps. Oh, I'm really annoyed like... at them now. So, <laughs> um, continue. <laughs> yeah, but it only helps if the money's going to the right place, isn't it? That's like part two of. The... Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah, I don't mean it so he gets better margins. Yeah. I mean so that. <laughs> Mm. maybe that's a whole other conversation whether or not there should sort of be a minimum wage for clothing as in Mm. not for the workers a minimum pricing yeah structure yeah yeah that's actually a good topic we should we should do something like that and a maximum pricing structure oh Oh, yeah (laughs) chanel is the first on the chopping block (laughs) love it uh so yeah that's all i really have on the matter to be honest i think it's um i think we could do so much better to curb the sort of snaky behavior i just don't see it happening anytime soon if i'm honest Um, no because people people do like to cheat and you know sort of fib their way through life and they kind of convince themselves that they've thought of it maybe Mm. um and the problem like you said of like how do you differentiate between inspiration and taking a bit of something? Yeah. There's a very fine, fuzzy line about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. And actually, I think a great poll for us to put out would be, would you be prepared to buy something knowing it's like a like-for-like like ripoff? Yeah. If that would put you off of buying something. Um yeah, I think that's a good poll because I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of liars out there. <laughs> <laughs> We've all bought stuff that we know is a rip-off. That's you why we I, shop at Zara. I actually think if it was sort of like a lot of what these, I always think of these like cut-out dresses, you know, that like Kim will wear and stuff like that. And I would just be mortified if someone was like, oh, you're you're, you're trying to look like Kim there. I think like if it was a very, you know, like there's there's big fashion moments, you know, like the Liz Hurley um, safety pin dress and stuff like that. Yeah. I think there are certain things I'd be very sure to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. In that sense. But yeah. Do you have any other poll ideas? No, I think the one that you've put, you've put forward is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, well. Thanks again, guys, for listening to another week of uh, Style Over Substance. Um, thanks. And we'll, see <laughs> <you>. <laughs> we'll see you next week. I've been Mim. And I've been Scarlett. Ciao, guys. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.